Welcome once again for the second to last time this season. This is Living in the Past. Um, my name is Paul. Here's Ben. Here Same. he is for the Here penultimate time. Oh, penultimate. Uh, been a, been a, a huge season. Uh, we were just talking just before we started about how um, we've actually gained more more listeners this season than any other season. I think we kind of predicted that too because, you know, 95 is when... <laughs> Things got interesting <laughs> all around. Um, I feel and, like we've been saying it throughout as well, like, come back in 94 or 95, it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you very much if, you, if you're a new listener. Um, uh, we, you got a treat next week because we're doing our top five and top ten lists for the year for our songs and our movies and our albums. Um, that's always a, a really good time. Um, starting. I've already started, but it's it's already painstaking and and um gonna take kind of take some time i've got a big uh wall chart with lots of red pieces of uh string going towards <laughs> other things um before we get into the 90s for the for, uh, in december 1995 let's go to what we what we'd been doing lately that's not 90 related and this is called living in the now So, uh, we've you've, you've had a pretty big month because you've been doing like you've been going everywhere, and I've been going nowhere. <laughs> we we kind of spent my living in the now in the Simpsons episode with our with our recent ghost hunt. Yeah, yeah. So listen to that definitely because it, it was it was some pretty pretty decent evidence there of um. Something. There was solid evidence, you would say, undebunkable, mm. you could say. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, what's uh, been in your now uh well i um i've had a really lazy weekend um i read within probably about within the, the course of 24 hours uh cinema obsessions book she's conan o'brien's assistant so she wrote a book called the worst assistant ever um and it's it's really really funny yeah. it's like sort of an insight into um and if you've ever watched any of conan stuff like you know the, the sort of relationship they have but it also goes into that whole thing of like how assistants are treated by you know uh, celebrity types and how you know they, they've got a good relationship but that also inspired me to like today um revisit the conan o'brien can't stop um which is a tour that he did after uh um after he got shafted by nbc and and couldn't go on um basically jay leno wanted to have the slot back of the tonight show so they paid nbc paid him off and said you can't go on tv for six months so he did a live tour of like 48 dates and um and it's it's, it's really good like it's i'm sort and of like halfway through it. he wasn't allowed to be on tv at all was he no uh tv radio or um internet yeah, and wasn't allowed to talk about what had happened. Oh, he could do it. No, he could. he could. He could talk about that on stage, but he couldn't talk about it on TV, internet, or... And I think, like, he had to do... There were some bits where I think he was, um, like, a bit censored and lots of stuff, but, like, this was the only way that he could basically do anything, was to do a live tour. And Paul, not pulling any punches there, shafted by NBC. Shafted, yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, there you go. 
so yeah, I've just um sort of about halfway through that, and I've been also like sort of going through some um old like Conan sketches. Like the the thing the thing they do is that you know they've they've put so much stuff online that you can watch, and it's just like I mean we do a section in this show that's totally dedicated to the guests on Conan's show, and it just proves like. Even from now, like I mean, I, I spent most of my nights watching Comedy Channel, at, like the Comedy Channel on Foxtel at like ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, watching Conan because it was just so good. So, um, it was. yeah, it's That's actually free, it's actually free to watch on YouTube, so you can watch that um, if if you're interested in that. Um, apart from that, um, I haven't really watched. Um, I needed some laughs recently, so and I, I don't know whether you like him. And I don't know what, what sort of person you're going to think of me after I say that I like these movies. But man, 21 and 22 Jump Street are very, very funny movies. And I've watched them both in the last week or so. They've been my night-night movies. Just like, you know, watch half, <laughs> half an hour, 45 minutes before I go to bed and just laugh my ass off and then have a like, What nice happens to Night-Night Monk? Uh, night-Night Monk? Nah, no, 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 no more Night-Night Monk um, for a while. Uh, I think I, 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 I may have overdosed on him when I was sick <laughs> and um, I haven't got back yet but uh, yeah man those movies are fucking hilarious and for the for the time they were made in um, not as problematic as you might think so that's uh, good I do yeah. remember watching 21 when it came out um, because I was working at Blockbuster at the time and I was very lonely had very little to do yep uh, it was pretty funny I do yeah. remember kind of liking it but 22. I didn't yet hate Channing Tatum so 22 is is just as good i can i can assure you um so that's what i've been watching um but we got a bunch of stuff to get into for the 90s so like let's get let's get straight back into it so this is the uh the events of december 1995 okay so not a lot happened um which is you know (laughs) Not to say that the next things I'm going to talk about are like, you know, minuscule, but like, you know, in compared to other months. And December is usually a pretty slow month for a lot of stuff, except films this month, and we'll get to that. Um, <sighs> but the uh, Michael Jackson collapsed um, as he was uh, going to, he was rehearsing for a special he was going to do and um, got rushed off to hospital. Um, this was like right, right in the midst of like allegations of like the sexual abuse and stuff. And like, I think the cracks were definitely starting to show. Um, and this, like, you know, this, this, this collapse, like probably st- um, started for a lot of health problems. I also wanted to bring it up because I don't know if you remember, I, um, a few months ago, told you about a YouTube, uh, guy I watched called Bobby fingers who do, he does, uh, yes. yeah. So his newest, his newest, he does, if, if, if you don't remember, he does uh, dioramas, like sort of um, really, really intricate sort of dioramas of um, major celebrity incidents. He's done Mel Gibson being arrested and saying anti-Semitic slurs. <laughs> and he's done the time that Stephen Scarl was choked and then shat himself. Um, this one, the new <laughs> one, is uh, the time that Michael Jackson uh, caught on fire filming the, the Pepsi commercial. So that is... He caught up- on fire? did in 1984 85 um there's not a lot of uh um this, this, ever, a lot of people say this, this was the start of his like medicating because like he did get like secondary burns um but the guy who does it is this irish guy he just talks to, he talks with this like sort of irish drawl um but in this one just every so often he'll just go yeah 
<laughs> and I I cacked myself laughing every time. So if you yeah, if you please Bobby Fingers, um, he's got a patron which I because he I think these things do cost a bit to to do. And once you see like how intricate they are and, and what he gets into it, you'll see how much is involved. It's not much, but um, man, it is it is just the sort of stuff you want to be watching. It's very creative and and very sort of out of left field. So that so are we wait are we living in the now or are we in the events? Oh no, this, you know, it was, it was, it was the, the Michael Jackson, <laughs> the Michael Jackson thing reminded me of, of something I just watched. So. It's a crossover episode. So I don't know whether, like, uh, whether you, we were a house in the nineties that got the paper delivered every morning. Do you have that? Do you have that in your? No. Okay. Oh, you can't read. Um. So. <laughs> uh. So we, my my dad was a like you know if 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 you want to think of my dad, he is like the, he is what you would expect of a of a. 90s dad he would get up in the morning and put on a dressing gown and put slippers on and have the have his have his socks pulled up you know to his shins and go out and get the paper and unravel it and usually complain that it's wet and then put it on the table and then like you know once you when when we when we came out to breakfast like you grab the section that sort of pertains to you and i, I would always grab the comics because that's you know <laughs> You're a child. What else I'm are you going to grab? I'm a child, and also there's comics and sports because, like that, um, that, that was that, kids. That was the only, that was the only way that I could like I could check the NBA results and see how my Warriors were doing at the time. Um, Not to be uh, crude, but just checking if our dads are on the same page. Does yours dad? Do your dad have anything under his dressing gown? He did. He did. Okay. Um. So Fine. and if you and if, and if you want to you want to um. <laughs> oh my god! Did he? <laughs> did he? That's leave? how they do it in Scotland. Ball free and easy. <laughs> Nice and breezy. Did he? Did he at least tie it up? Uh, not well enough. Okay. Well, yeah. Like the the general the general morning would go. Dad gets the paper, puts it on the table, like um, has his breakfast, then goes and absolutely destroys the toilet. <laughs> 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 and, and then you got to give no, like a... Surely he's eating very very clean and healthy. And oh like... yeah, he is. But like, I mean, oh. for, in in the in the morning, I'm assuming he is. But during during the during, this is like. You know, this is leading up to his quintuple bypass. I'm sure, like his his lunches weren't great, <laughs> like a lot of the time. He did say that he, he did tell me after um, when he was all better that he had, he had a he had a certain liking for foie gras. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Dad. <laughs> was he yeah. having bacon sandwiches where the bread was hash he browns? He wasn't. He wasn't. I mean, he wasn't unhealthy. Like, like he he just probably didn't exercise a lot, and he also sort of had family history and lots of stuff. But like. Yeah, like that was it was you'd have to get like a ten or fifteen minute buffer after three <laughs> because oh. it's just like you ain't going in there. Um, I might cut some of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the reason I brought the paper, the reason I brought the paper is to to hamfistedly segue into the fact that like um, I t- I get the comic section and my fa- one of my favorite comics was Calvin and Hobbes. Um, which is, if you've never seen it, is about a uh, little boy and his, his imaginary tiger friend, and they sort of have conversations that a child probably wouldn't have. Like they're usually very philosophical. The names are based on um, on two psychiatrists or psychologists, I believe. Um, but I found it very, very cool. And um, in December nineteen ninety five, uh, the that very was their names. the very very last Calvin and Hobbes was uh, was published, and then there was no more. But oh, was it a sad farewell? No, nah, it was just like a very like, you know, tip of the hat and sort of, you know, because it was like, as I said, like it, like some of the times it was, it was like very, 
very full-on and philosophical conversation he's having with his imaginary tiger friend. Um, but it was also a great thing because, like, you know, you, you kind of felt smart. Like, you're reading comics, but you still felt, still felt smart. Um, I said yeah, the that, last one is them, is it them going off uh, on a sled? Yeah. Exploring? Yeah. It's, That's yeah. kind of cute. It's pretty good, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was sad. So, like, that was, I remember, um, but, they, I mean, they still, it was, it was still in circulation. Like, they're still, even to this day, I assume, I haven't read a paper for a while because the advertiser's trash, but... Um, I assume they're still running Kelner Hobbs at some, in, in some papers still. We also have the Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> so, you know, I told you that uh, Di and Charles last month, they said like, yep, we're going to separate. Well, yep. Queen Elizabeth had a chat to the Archbishop of Canterbury. Can you imagine that conversation? She's like, do you think they ought to divorce? And he's like, yes. And then she sent her a letter saying, yes, we agree. You should, you should divorce. <laughs> I can't imagine the Queen having a conversation with anyone. Well, this is the thing is like she, she, because it's such a big thing back then, especially for a royal family to divorce. But it's just like she, she knew that like it was, it was inevitable, but like she had to get the blessing for, for herself, probably mainly. Like, and it's like she's like, she's sending a letter to Di saying, uh, by the way, the Archbishop said that it's okay. And Di's like, I could not give a fuck. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. stay. I'm not staying with Charles, even if the Archbishop didn't like it. She's like half packing up her shit, leaving. He's like, oh, Cool. Did you, get my, did you get my note? Uh, <laughs> I think I <laughs> I stole some of your silverware and I use it as packing paper. <laughs> <laughs> get out of there, die. I'm going to sell okay. it. <laughs> but yeah, oh, that was like... To that news. Oh man, it's just, just a shit show. And it will continue on to 1996. So, good times. Um, <sighs> we And that's, you know what? That's pretty much the end of the... Oh, um, we did. Uh, I do want to carry over the. Um, we had some news about the HIV AIDS um, treatment. Um, the actual drug was called, uh, and I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to give it a try. Saquinavar is. It was a treatment for HIV and AIDS. And after two years, so in 1997, they did a they did a data on, on like how it's doing, and deaths fell from 50,000 in the US to 18,000, which is, you know, it's pretty good, significant. So. Yeah. Um, they finally got onto it, and they finally were, were 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 doing something about this epidemic that, frankly, they ignored for way too long. But you know, good on them. So, with that good news, I'm going to lead you nicely into your sports section. What a legend! What a champion! That's been a marvelous game here. Back of the net. Oh, do we have some sport for you? Oh, just for me? I mean, if anyone else wants to listen in, they can. <laughs> I do often wonder, though, um, you've said, like, uh, our listeners have, have grown. But now there's you've put the timestamps in. How many people just skip right over this? Because I, I try and keep it varied and go to different regions and have different sports, but... I think I bet there's a lot of people that don't care. No, because every once in a while we tell a story about someone going into the vents and stealing a baseball bat, and they're like, maybe maybe that will be again this month. Well, we're not quite there, but okay. we do have Strawberry Fields news. Oh yeah, Daryl, let's let's cue the intro. Daryl, Daryl. 
I okay. Did I did that myself. That was, it was very good. Thanks. Uh, Mr. Strawberry, mm. uh, you may recall last we heard he was with the Yankees. Wasn't he we on a... Um, yeah, wasn't he... He was, he was he was in a minor league team, wasn't he? Or he actually is he actually in the Yankees now? He he was signed with the Yankees, but he was with a minor league team. Yes, because he was. Wasn't not it like? But it sounded like a street game. Yeah, I can't remember the team. Uh, if someone Warriors. goes back to September, you'll find it. He was in the July, Warriors. August. Yeah, he played the Warriors. He came out to play the Warriors. Um, but the, <laughs> the Yankees had an option. You're welcome in That's his contract to uh, extend it on. Yeah. They did not exercise their option, Whoa. making Daryl Strawberry a free agent. Daryl's free. Sadly, nine days after this, Daryl Strawberry is charged in California, not where the Yankees are, failing to make his child support payments, uh, which they they believe that he chose not to do, um, and violated two counts of his child support obligations, oh. uh, spousal support, child support, so, both. So Daryl was free. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he said I was free agent. <laughs> I'm free now. <laughs> free. Daryl's free. Um, there will be more Daryl news to come, though, because that will not be oh, I know. his road. But look, if it's not a good end to the year for Daryl. I'm, I'm actually going to look to see if there's a, a, a just a podcast of like just Daryl Strawberry in the 90s. There really could be. It's like, and, oh, where's the where's his movie? Where is his movie? They've done enough about some like other like questionable sports people. Yeah, there probably where's, is. Where's Daryl like Strawberry's Last Dance? Like Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, surely there's like a daytime. Yeah, like a Hallmark film. Oh, who would play him? Wait, there's Doc and Daryl. What's that? Oh, that doesn't sound like fun. Who no, would play Daryl Strawberry? Um, someone tall. Who's mm. tall? Um, Idris Elba's tall. <laughs> Idris Elba's Daryl Strawberry. Yes. <laughs> oh man. All right. Cool. Uh, so moving on. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to Daryl next year. Okay. Cool. Um, I'll stay in America though. Uh, because I didn't pick up. I didn't see this anywhere in November. Uh, maybe it happened in December. The NBA referees were on strike. No, I didn't hear about that. No. I don't know if anyone noticed or cared. Because last month we had teams debuting, arenas debuting. Yep. All that fun time news. And then on the 12th of December, the refs returned after their strike. So I don't know if they just got fill-ins, like G League refs or <laughs> maybe Canadian watched, refs. Uh, maybe they watched Forget Paris and they're like, we can go on. We, we don't have to do stuff for like a few months, like Billy Crystal. Okay. <laughs> we, we can get girlfriends and go away. <laughs> Girls who are interested in referees. Players know our first name. <laughs> uh, that's not how it should be. It should be kept professional. Yes. Um, but speaking of the new teams, the Raptors and Grizzlies faced off, the yep. two first, first year teams. Oh, yeah. Who won? Rap- Raptors won, 9381. Oh, nice. So that's not bad. Um, staying in America as well, you may recall the Winnipeg Jets were bought out by an American company in October. Yes. For $63 million. Mm-hmm. The Dallas Stars were oh. purchased for $84 million, which My, doesn't uh, sound like a lot, but the fact it's almost $20 million more. 
Was yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was six, 68, I think, for Winnipeg and 84. That's bigger in Texas, man. Yeah, and that's in a... Well, it's not even an established, established team because they only just moved there in, a few years ago, didn't they? Yeah. Our uh, From, uh, mutual friend uh, Steel is in Dallas right at this moment as we speak. Oh, hello, Steel. Hmm. Go see well, the stars because well, Thomas he went, O'Hicks might take him away. No, he saw... He went to Dealey Plaza where um, Kennedy, Kennedy got shot. Oh. Uh, it always bothers me places like that where it's to me a plaza is a center and theirs like, is like a, a an intersection. <laughs> yeah. So you thought like when you were younger that Kennedy got shot in a shopping mall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I see it on the TV. I'm like, they said this, he is at the plaza. When are they going to the plaza? Yeah. They're just how the, how's there a grassy knoll in the plaza? This is more of a quadrangle than a plaza. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course he's going to get shot. He's going around. It's just, it's just it's a square. He's going around. He's just going around. <laughs> yeah. Everyone gets shot in a quadrangle. It's dangerous out there. Oh, anyway, we're in sports. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still haven't finished that film. <laughs> and I don't need to. Uh, please, people, go and watch JFK. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner's amazing accent. (laughs) Is that at the start? Is that right at the start? Yes, it's the first thing he says. Oh, no. The president's been shot. He's like, like, boss, boss, the president's been shot. Oh, no. (laughs) That wasn't on my bingo card. (laughs) Heavens heavens to Mogatron. Sports Sports now, please. Come on. We're we're in uh, Liverpool. We're at Anfield. You know where Anfield is. It's in Liverpool. Yeah, this is the Euro '96 qualifying playoff. Ooh, so we had two teams. Uh, it's, it's kind of sad, really. I feel like it's unfair to a point. Uh, Netherlands playing Republic of Ireland. Okay, at Anfield. Yeah, well, they had to do it at neutral ground. To be right. fair, right? Okay, okay. Um, and the UK was holding the championships in 96 so that seems okay. to make sense right republic of ireland finished second in their group ahead of northern ireland Ooh, Oof. tensions by goal difference jesus there was actually um i didn't, Ouch. Put, it, didn't put in the main thing but there was um a renewed uh attacks by the ira this month as well like i went, I went into december and there's like it was just depressing as all hell and like i've kind of got to the part where i can't even like do earthquakes and plane crashes because like there's just so many it would just be like us counting the body count half the time so i'm like yeah. no nah, i'm just gonna find like the sort of like the the more sort of lighter news and lots of stuff but yeah um tensions were already so i'm i'm, I'm assuming that just made it even worse but yeah um, yeah um and then republic of Ireland doesn't even get into the euro championships uh mm. because two patrick clavert goals knock them out clavert remember him yeah. Yeah, he's a good boy. Okay. Um, strong exactly. Dutch team as well. I don't know how they, yeah, how they didn't win that group. It was half Barcelona. Uh, half Barcelona and then half, half, half Ajax. Ajax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just for any any football fans at home, I'm going to quickly run off these names. Edwin van der Sar in goal. Yep. Who was still a legend until not too long ago. Michael Rieziger, I don't know who that is. Danny Blind. Clarence Seedorf. Oh, nice. No, Seedorf. Uh, Debor, he had the um, he had Davids. The, um, is it Sadorf or Davids that had the dreadlocks? Davids had the glasses and the dreadlocks. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yep. yep. Uh, Burkamp, Overmars, and Clivert. It's ah, uh, like Burkamp. How, how are you look, beat that team. Burkamp looked like um, 
he should be on the Norwegian team in Cool Runnings. <laughs> like he's just got yeah. that that steely yeah. European bleach blonde hair. He's just like, I just want to destroy everything that's not European. So yeah. yeah, but then he actually turns out to be quite nice. Why is Vanessa? And she is on Cool Runnings at the end. Um, meanwhile, in the Republic Island, they had Dennis Irwin. <laughs> And Andy Townsend. Like, what about, um, no, nah, they had um, Roy Keane. No, he was injured. He was out. Ooh. We'll stay in England for some Premier League because I haven't covered a whole lot. Okay. Um, although it wasn't a great month for our boys' Leeds. Uh, lost to uh, Man City. Boys. Drew with Wimbledon. No, come on, guys. Wimbledon. Yeah, but that would have been, um, been Vinnie Jones. Doesn't matter. Doesn't Wimbledon is he probably, he a tennis probably, court. He probably headbutted, a tennis court. He probably headbutted half of Leeds. You got beaten by a tennis court. Uh, they did beat Bolton on my birthday. Nice. Um, they pointed to the stands and said, that's for you, Benny. Yeah, that's right. And there was only you in the stands because no one else was watching. It's because it was a Bolton home game. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sorry, guys. Um, I don't even know who their goal scorers were. Brolin and Weatherall. Never heard of them. Brolin? Brolin's uh, he's Swedish. Sure. Um... Thomas, <laughs> Thomas Brolin. Yes. Oh, oh no, no. Sports. No, was he Germany? Ah, no, it was T. Brolin, though. Um, I'm going to try and kick up the excitement here with... Possible. Snooker. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. All right, let's go and check out Brolin. <laughs> um, I just, I only brought it up because... Swedish! On the radio. Is that, isn't that what you said? Yeah, but I thought I was, I was like uh, when I hedged my bets and I said German as well. But I want I want to <laughs> now look. Time time does something to everyone, all of us. But I'm just gonna send you a photo of him now. Oh no! And I'm gonna send a photo of him of him uh, back in the day. And uh, do you okay, because I don't going? know what he looked like at either point. Yep. Keep going. Uh, so snooker, I haven't mentioned much of, but I was listening to the radio today. Remember the radio? And there was this guy writing a book about bizarre sports and weird things that happen in sports. And he mentioned Jimmy White, who you'll know as an English snooker player. Nope. Okay. You do. Apparently in the 80s, he was throwing a party at a hotel in Dublin that lasted for 17 days. Uh, <laughs> after the 17th day, he decided to go home to his wife. He got home to his wife. She was not impressed. So he went back to Dublin and continued the party. Oh. Yeah. Well, nice I bloke. Mean... He went out in the round of 16 to Scott John Higgins. John. Who then, who then lost in the semifinals to Scotsman Stephen Hendry, who went on to win. Did you have a hey. picture of the Scottish one on your wall? Because it sounds like you have some reverence for this dude. I didn't have posters of snooker players, but I did kind of follow little John. He seemed like a nice little guy. Um, watching snooker in England, it just seemed like smoking and drinking and ruffians. And then there was a Scottish guy who did not seem like a ruffian and seemed like a nice little boy. And he did all right. So shut up. Um, that is into the picture of Thomas Brill. <laughs> no. <laughs> Isn't that can Billy I, Ray Cyrus? Can I, can I just add something on, Sue? Um, so... When he was playing for Leeds, um, he didn't look like that. He did not look like that. 
Um, on the 1st of April, 1996, Bro- Brolin had to apologize to Howard Wilkinson, who I assume, was that the manager? It was, yes. <clears throat> After an April Fool's Day prank, he had told Swedish television that he was going to play the play out the season on loan to um, IF, IFK Norcoping as a joke, but the statement was then picked up by the international media and reported as fact. Oh. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to go play somewhere else. Oh, sorry! <laughs> <laughs> Um, he sounds like a pretty interesting dude. Anyway, yeah, sounds sounds hilarious. <laughs> uh, what we're we talking about? <laughs> we we have come to the main event. Okay, cool. We're on the rock. Dwayne, it's curling time. Ah, yes. We will start with our Pacific Curling Championships. Okay, held in Tokoro, Japan. Oh, nice. Oh, good, good, good pronunciation. I think that was okay. It's probably not the best, but I tried. Yep. Australia, Japan, New Zealand. Ooh. We've seen this before. We had a round robin. New Zealand didn't make it. Mm. They lost all their games. <laughs> Sorry, uh, skip Peter Beckett. Uh, they... Do you, do you want to know? Yeah, I do. You want to know who won? Yeah, I do. You want to guess who won? Japan. It was Australia. Hey! How about that? See, my faith in it, my, my non-faith in Australia has come through. <laughs> um, good on Hugh, Hugh Malilikin was Australia's skip. Oh, fuck you. And led them to a <laughs> 7-2 victory. 7-2 is comprehensive. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. Japan scored in the first end and the seventh end. So, wasn't looking good. No. Oh, good on them. There you go. I almost can't wait curling. for the uh, Winter Olympics so we can watch it all over again. You can watch it basically like every week because it's on like um, YouTube. Yeah, but how many times I'm, are you going to watch the same thing? Well, I might have dabbled in it. <laughs> it's well, good to have a, dabble, sometimes it's good to have, have in the background. Dabble some more because now we are in the European Curling Championships. Ooh. Know where they were held? Sweden. Oh, Switzerland. Oh. Close. Neutral bastards. More more than three teams this time, or more than three nations. Did Germany win? We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We had uh, the men's, men's and women's. Okay. Uh, I think it was the same nations in both. Let's okay. assume that it was, because I can't... Oh, no, it wasn't. There was not as many women's teams. Well, not nearly surprising. as mm. um, The men's... Scotland. Uh, really? Yeah. That's a good time for Scots. Beat uh, Switzerland 4-2 in their final. Curling and after, snooker. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything where you can kind of just stand around and have a stick. <laughs> That's what they're, they're good at. They were allowed to smoke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they overcame England, Italy, and then Switzerland in the final, obviously. Yep. Impressive. Who'd have thought? Yeah, good on. Uh, in the women's... Scotland fell in the final. Oh, two. To the Germans. Ah, I thought Germany would be there somewhere. They've got to represent. They were. Um, they <coughs> they didn't go far in the uh, the men's, though. They fell out the quarterfinal. Ooh. To the Swiss, though. So, you know, they fell to a near champion. Nice. Uh, but that, my friend, is your sport for 1995. Wow. Well, thank you. It's been a roller coaster ride. That was that was. Quite a section too. My I apologies. Love, yeah, I, I love. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of. Well, there's a lot of brawling talk. Um, 
but yeah, uh, look, I'm I'm starting to remember some of these things too. I'm glad that you haven't focused much on AFL trades because like that's that's just like probably the most boring thing I can ever think about. Oh, we'll but... get there, I'm sure. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> let's get on to film. My lordy lord, so much, so much yeah, stuff. To do. I guess. Let's let's list this. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. White man's burden. Wild Bill, father of the bride. Part two. I did that in uh, all caps. <laughs> in my. You did. Notes. Sense and sensibility. Heat. Jumanji. Othello. Sabrina. Nixon. Bolto. Cutthroat Island. Grumpier old men. Sudden death. Tom and Huck waiting to exhale. Four Rooms, Twelve Monkeys, Dead Man Walking, and Mr. Holland's Opus. Mm. There's quite a lot of films there that you would think you're happy to watch. (laughs) And then you sit down to watch them and go, oh, man. Well, I can tell you that I watched watched about half of those. Like, I I, I finished the year strong. Um, And I also want to mention two of those movies are over three hours (laughs) that I watched. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was very set on watching Heat. I thought yep. that's a classic. That's a great film. Um, that's two hours and fifty minutes that I'm not <laughs> going to spend watching the TV. So see we'll, you later. We'll wait for that one. Like, I just want to go through a couple of that start that are just like fleeting. Um, I I turned off things to do in Denver when you're dead because I one of those ones I always looked like I, I saw it on um, the shelf in the video store and I was like, oh, that looks like it's got Andy Garcia. It's Christopher Walken. Um, I don't know whether the guy who wrote it just hated gay people and just wanted to put a homophobic slur oh. in like every scene, but there was a homophobic slur in every scene, and I was just, it just got to the point I'm like that I read I read a review on it and it was like um they said that he was trying to emulate the whole pulp fiction thing, and this is what you'll find is like a lot of this like a lot of the dialogue in these sort of films because Quentin Tarantino like what are your feelings of Quentin Tarantino? Um, and he has got racist. He's got racist dialogue in his films, but the only thing worse than Quentin Tarantino dialogue is a cheap copy of it. And this is what it is. Like, and we'll have heaps of these coming up. So, strap in. You know, it's funny. Um, I was going to mention my living in the now. We went to the football yesterday, oh, yeah. and one of the teams we saw has a not prolific has someone that was caught out being. A racist piece of garbage. Okay. And you could yell out many things at this person that has been caught doing this and got away with it and continued yep. on living his best life. And the only thing I heard from the crowd was at one point, you stupid racist. <laughs> well, it's just... So to, sweet and innocent. It's, to the it's not overly offensive. You are just a it's silly just, racist. You're silly. Yeah. Like, that's don't believe, nice. Don't believe in equality. <laughs> <laughs> at, at a footy crowd as well. I was like, yeah, yeah. That's right. You let him know. It's anyway. Um, yeah. Um, I want to talk about White Man's Burden because I didn't watch it, but like I have seen it before. Um, have you ever heard of this about this movie? I've never heard of this film. Like, let me Carry watch. On. Let me watch you through this movie. John Travolta mm. is stars in a movie in an alternative world mm. where it's the white person who is the under privileged oh, and no. lots of stuff so oh, no. it's a really weird movie i watched it because it's got a weird punk soundtrack to some of it 
Um, but yeah, um, it, it's like this alternate reality where they basically swapped the races and lots of stuff. And it's just, it's like, it's unbelievably racist and unbelievably like, I, I, I get the, I get the, the, the thought experiment that went along with it. It's like, oh, what if we like showed white people like what it was like to be us, but like, <laughs> don't get John Travolta to do that because he can't, he can't like emote that. Um, it's just a really, really big mess of a movie. Um, I, I'll never forget watching it. I think I, I grabbed it from on VHS when I started working at Movieland. I'm like, huh, I heard about the soundtrack to this. I'm like, huh, it's a weird movie. <laughs> have you seen The Fanatic? The Fanatic? Oh, no, yeah. um, I have not. Was that with him and Fred Durst? Yeah. <clears throat> Is it good? No. Oh. I feel like it could be uh, in the same sort of field okay. as, as that. Look, you gotta give him credit for like just taking a shot. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know if you do. <laughs> um, I didn't see Wild Bill because I don't like westerns. I watched Father of Pride, Father of Pride Part Two. Um, it was fine. It was just was fine. It? it was just fine. I was kind of looking forward to it because it was one of those films my sisters watched that I kind of liked and kind of found funny, and I thought getting older. I like Steve Martin. This will be fun. Yeah. And then Laura immediately reminded me of when we watched the first one and thought, this isn't very good. No. He's not a very good person or a dad. And one of the first lines he says in this film, <laughs> I wrote this down. This is a, the direct quote from the film. <laughs> yep. Every time I see her, I have to remind myself she's a married woman. Yeah. No. No. And who's he talking no. about? <laughs> uh, no. That, don't, no, don't say that. Don't ever say that. It's it's a weird movie. Like it's And it's a weird movie to have a G rating. Um, It's got a lot of Martin Short in it. I think, like, like you know what, we need, we need more, more Martin Short. Um, this time, did his... You, did his, you read that Diane Keaton almost wasn't going to come back? I could see that. <laughs> Uh, she didn't want to do it. She didn't like the idea of being pregnant at that age. Thought it was yep. dumb. Um, so I wonder if, did they write more Martin Shaw into it in case she didn't come back? Maybe, So it was yeah. just the Stephen Martin show. And like, I, I do like the fact that they didn't go down the, um, what was that, uh, nine months track of having both of them delivering in the same room like they did at the end of that yeah. movie. Um, but yeah, like it's... It's, it's, you know what's going to happen. Um, the, the, the thought of Diane Keaton and Stephen Martin having sex on the floor of their kitchen um, will haunt me forever. Um, I do like the, when he does his little... Um, that's after he does his little uh, makeover when he gets brown hair and has a leather jacket. And it's just... It's a weird movie. Like, it's a weird... It, but I, I, I think that it would honestly appeal to a 90s dad of that age because this is the time where a lot of men are getting in touch with their feelings and, and feeling like emasculated and lots of stuff and I think this really did speak uh, unfortunately this really did speak to like the majority of men that would be watching this movie with their wives and that's because the and look it is called Father of the Bride the film is about him but he is he's a Homer Simpson he's very selfish he's all he cares about is himself, his own feelings. Yeah. Everything revolves around him. He sells a house for extra, so if they can move out, he's got to, he's got his wife and his daughter 
pregnant. He didn't get his daughter pregnant. Um, well, <laughs> um, like he thought about it. His son-in-law too is just like he just looks like a piece. Of, I think he's played a piece of shit in some other film, and I can't get past that. I don't he, know he is in an episode of Friends, and him and his sister are far too. Friends. That's the one. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Um, so yeah, and he sells the house. Um, because he wants to get a new one, he sells it to. I'm thinking like a little bit of a racist Eugene Levy. Um, a little bit, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he wants to buy the house and basically just knock it down. Um, but he sells it without consulting his family um, of two pregnant women um, and sells it for $15,000 more if he can move out in 10 days. <laughs> and then he buys it back for a hundred grand more. Is that including the extra fifteen? I don't know. And so all, does you he know, look, pay an extra eighty five. This is the thing is like they're starting to be, like to, to just bandy around these numbers, and I'm like, these guys are well off. Like, like because ultimately he's just like, yeah, whatever. I don't really give a shit. Like, I own a what does he sell? Sneakers. Sneakers. He's because I got confused between this and um, what's the one? Who's the one that sold um? Oh, Jumanji man. also does sneakers. Yeah. Oh no, I was thinking um in Pacific Heights, the guy who was selling like kites or. Something like that. It's like, like a lot of these guys had weird jobs, um, yeah. but yeah. Moving He's on, complaining to... about being fifty and having only just got out of debt. We've only yep. just paid off the mortgage and that wedding. Oh, boohoo! You're fifty and you've got no debt. Oh, that's so hard for you. <laughs> um, also, did you notice that the son wasn't around for like half an hour? Oh yeah, they just lost him. They did in the yeah, first movie too. Yeah, he just—he's not a part of the plot. Let's just get him out of the way for a while. There's, I, I honestly got to think there was one time where they forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you watch Sense and Sensibility? Uh, we started to watch it, and then Laura realized that it's not Pride and Prejudice. So it was no <laughs> for, and I decided that it was going to be very boring. Well, I didn't decide. I think the people that made it decided it would be very boring. Okay. And despite my love for Kate Winslet and Emma Thompson, uh, the love is not strong enough. Well, let's I'm talk sorry. about. I mean, I, th- I think there's one movie that we both watched that we both want to talk about. Willie, it's the end, um, in, in, involving hockey. Um, so I'll, I'll go on my little diatribe about heat for like a couple of minutes. Um, All right. I'm I think. Or <laughs> uh, you want to look up Thomas, Thomas Brolin? That's fine. Um, heat to me is the perfect movie. Um, it. I thought the perfect movie would be a lot shorter than that. I really like long movies. That's what I'm starting to realize. I, I like bang for my buck. Like I love Zodiac, JFK, this. Like it's it's you know if it's three hours, I'm a happy man. Why don't you just buy some fireworks? <laughs> um, watching it this time, um, I watched it with my wife. Um, she was in and out because she's like, "This is a long movie." I'm like, "Yeah." No. Um, yeah. But I will say there's like there's a couple of bits, and I'm not saying that um, Nellie Portman she plays like um, the stepdaughter too. So if you've never seen Heat, like just run down. Um, it's about a, a thief uh, for, that played by Robert da- Robert De Niro, um, who's a master thief. They take down these Ruby scores. He's being pursued by Al Pacino. Uh, this is a big landmark thing because Al Pacino and Robert De Niro they had been in the same movie but not in the same scenes together. I think Godfather Two they were in it together, but they they didn't really share a scene. And there's a very famous scene in this movie where they go and take, get a cup of coffee like halfway through. And um, have a bit of a sit down, and I, I, I will, I will admit, there's been times where I've um, just fast forwarded to that bit and watched it because I, I just, I love the fact that those two are, are there. Um, they were actually... kind of like the the big mobster guys of the eighties and nineties, like yeah. The, but they were like the you know they were they were, they were they were revered and like De Niro's having a good year. Like the last month he was in Casino, this month he's in Heat. 
Like, this is a big year for him. Um, so, uh, De Niro, uh, along with Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer and Tom Sizemore, Danny Trejo, uh, they are going after these um, these big heists. Uh, the big one in the middle of the film uh, is, the, is the bank robbery. Um, now, this bank robbery is like, I mean, if you look, if you watch Dark Knight, Dark Knight basically steals half of Heat. Like they're they actually the crew was shown Heat as a as a as a um, thing to watch to to sort of build this build the Dark Knight um, bank heist around. So like, do you think they you- paid them for those three hours? <laughs> I would love to be paid three hours to watch Heat. Um, <laughs> and like, I could go into like I, I, I know so much about this film. Like, it's it's like they 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 ended up um when oh, I've never seen this film on the big screen. I would love to see this film in in the cinema because when they do the shootout, apparently instead of overdubbing uh, sound effects, they actually just use like the raw sound of like the blanks in like echoing through the buildings of lower, like the downtown Los Angeles. And like, you can tell because it sounds huge and it sounds like really, really sort of like, I can only imagine how it would have been sounded in, in, in a, in a um, movie theater. Um, there's a bit that um, Natalie Portman plays her, his um, daughter, uh, stepdaughter in this. And, there's a whole subplot where like she's getting depressed and she's um she eventually attempts suicide and like it's it's a strong subplot but it's like it does break up the action a bit and it's like you could probably shave that bit off like you could you put or, or put her in a different role or something like that but like it's um this time around I'm like oh man like it's just you because because you know what's coming next you're like oh I kind of just want to get through this and get to like to, to, to the next piece of action sort of thing. Um, yeah, imagine if it wasn't two hours and fifty minutes. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I do, I do, I do admit that you you probably could shave off like here and there. Um, there's a whole subplot with this guy Wangro, who is the bad guy of the movie. He's the one that sort of double crosses um, Robert De Niro at the start of the movie a bit. Um, he basically turns into a serial killer that's like in the background throughout the movie. Um, but you got like you know you've got uh, um, pretty decent performances all around. Uh, Val Kimmel was doing this just before he started on Batman Forever. So um, there's a scene right near the end where he's more in his Batman Forever hairstyle and <laughs> not the oh. not the ponytail he's been sporting for most of the movie. How crazy is that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, this is just like for like some of these two actors, films, and you'll you'll see a lot of these like um, Danny Trejo in this movie is excellent. Like this is like just the start of his like like he hadn't been in much, um, and this is a pretty major sort of film um, film for him. Um, you get like a, a, a Henry Rollins for for a couple of minutes in this movie. Um, there's just bit players cropping up all over the place, and yeah, it's it, to me it's like it's it is one of my favorite films of all time. Like I could watch this movie, I watch this movie every year. Um, oh so, no, yeah. oh no. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I, I love it. If you've never seen it, please carve out an evening and. Maybe a time where you can turn the TV up pretty, pretty, pretty loud, and just and just enjoy one of the best movies I think ever made. Um, so moving on from that, we go to Jumanji, um, which I had a lot of fun with. I love this. Like I, 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 I think the first time I watched it with the boys um, a couple of years ago, I was like, I know, like I saw a lot of people in the in the comments of Letterbox and stuff saying like sort of having a go at the um, effects because the effects do look a bit hokey. In some bits, uh, I don't know. Like that CGI line is it, the mon- one the mon- minute CGI, then it's a puppet. The monkeys though look pretty. pretty oh, rough. the mon- yeah, okay. The monkeys are terrible, and they're in it far too much for how bad yeah. they are. But um, some of it's pretty good. Oh, look, I, I think it's a good movie, and it's, it's a really 
fun movie. It, it, it sort of keeps going on a, on a good play, pace. Um, I really like David Allen Greer this time, like the cop and the guy that used to work in the factory. Like yeah, his, his, screams, his screams are great. Isn't it? Um, I, I, look, it, it's, it moves along quite quickly too, which I yeah. appreciate. I don't. I do not remember the first five minutes of this film at all. One of the kids you, is called Benjamin. I didn't know that. You would not think that. Um, yeah, like the start of this movie, it starts back in the like in the fifties sort of thing, or sixties, and it's just. I, I, and I Cadbury's about... really mean. Why is he? Why is Cadbury so mean? And then that's his dad. Yeah. Um, it's his Richie Rich name. I can't remember what he's what's, what he's actually called. Parsons. They're Parsons Parish. Parish, yeah, Mr. Parish. Parish. Yeah. Um, I don't get his dad is so fucking mean to him for the entirety of that the start of the film, and then he comes back to the world after twenty six years, and he finds out from this homeless man that's living in the warehouse that is now shut down. Ah, <laughs> uh, your Mr. Parish kind of lost it after his son disappeared. Um, things yeah. weren't the same. He really loved his son, or did the whole town think that he murdered his son? <laughs> and it really affected his mental health and yeah, he spiraled from there. Maybe he didn't care about his son going. Maybe it was just messed up because everyone thought he killed him. There's a, definitely a two two stories going around that town and I think the murder story is like way more <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um into it. But yeah, um and you notice that like he obviously he takes on the personification of the hunter in um yes. and who uh th- when he goes into the gun shop they make a postal joke. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I mean, and also for a small town, they have quite a well-stocked gun shop, um, which is just like uh, speaks makes volumes. Sense. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good times. Um, yeah, like, yeah, again, I didn't hate it. I'll probably watch it every couple of years. Um, didn't get a chance to watch Othello, which I, I kind of wanted to, but um, Shakespeare is just Why? Yeah, you, you need me in the mood for. Um, I watched Sabrina with my wife, and it was delightful. It's a stupid. It's a fucking horrible movie, but it's like. This it is tri- a Harrison Ford. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Harrison Ford and Greg Kinnear, your boy. Um, yeah, I guess. So, I'm going to try and sum up this plot for you. Sabrina is the daughter of the valet driver of these two rich brothers of a rich family, uh, played by Harrison Ford and Greg Kinnear. She is in love with Greg Kinnear. She thinks he's fucking amazing, but Greg Kinnear is like a bit of a toy boy. He just basically sleeps with everyone. Harrison Ford takes care of the company and he's but doesn't date anyone and he's very gruff and uh they they say he's 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 the only walking he's the only person walking around after a heart transplant. That was like the joke that goes throughout the movie. Um <clears throat> Okay. So carry on. He's got no heart. Oh, not he didn't get a new heart, they just took no, his no, heart yeah, out. Yeah, it took his heart right. out, yeah. Um heart donor, sorry, I fucked up the joke. Right. Um so uh <laughs> she's a good plate with nothing on it. <laughs> Oh, I fucked up. Um, <laughs> so she goes to France or to Paris um, to sort of find herself and just get over Greg Kinnear and lots of stuff. Um, in the in the meantime, Greg Kinnear find, um, uh, falls in love with um, uh, someone else and and basically asks her to, to get married. Um, and she comes. Sabrina comes back and she, Greg Kinnear like see, and she's got like a bit of a makeover. She looks like um, you know she's cut her hair and lots of stuff and she doesn't look sort of like she used to. They have a party before the wedding and Greg Kinnear sees her and like instantly like, I want to, I want to fuck her. Basically he, he says like, let's, let's leave this party and go to the, the, the solar room with some champagne. And then Harrison Ford sees this and says, Oh, not my watch. 
And um, he basically... I bet he does. Pretty much. And he, he tries to intervene. Um, and what's happening is also the, the girl that Greg Kinnear is marrying is about to do a huge merger with Harrison Ford's company. So Harrison Ford wants Greg Kinnear to marry this chick. So Sabrina keeps getting in the way because she's like all about the Greg Kinnear. Um, <laughs> he... Um, he accidentally injures himself because he's he wants to meet Sabrina in, in this room and he puts two champagne flutes in his pocket and then he sits down, so he cuts his ass up and then he's out of action oh. for like a couple of days. And in that time, Harrison Ford basically uh, takes Sabrina away so she can't visit him. Basically tries to run interference. And they go away and then he's, he, 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 he puts on a nice sweater and they go to a small town and they ride bikes around the town and he starts falling in love with her. Um, he tries to kiss her and it's really weird and she tells him no. Um, and then, um, he starts falling in love with her. She's still about, she's all about the Kinnear. Kinnear works out, works out that like, um, Harrison Ford's like trying to cock block him. Um, and it all sort of like, um, all, all sort of falls apart. And then Harrison Ford basically tells Sabrina, like, uh, he's like, I was trying to trick you so I could merge you with this man. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's this whole thing. Um, but in the end, <laughs> Greg Kinnear goes, yeah, you're right. I should marry this girl. You should have the merger. And then you should go to, go to Paris and meet Sabrina and marry her. Um, and hopefully she'll forget the fact that you tried to trick her <laughs> and tried to pay her oh, off. And, uh, they, they, and they, fly, they fly him. They fly him by Concorde to Paris, which, oh, I, remember looked, Concorde? which I looked up would cost $9,000. Back then, and twenty five thousand dollars now, one way from America to Paris. Yeah, but it's like ten minutes, and you're there. Yeah, yeah. Worth it. Um, and then like he meets her in Paris, and he's like, "I'm sorry." He's like, oh, "Sorry, I'm sorry." And um, he he's like, "Improvising." And um, then they <laughs> then they then they do the weird Harrison Ford kiss. Me and my wife are now convinced that Harrison Ford can't kiss. It's more of a complete yep. um, sucking of your face off. Um, I don't know whether no one's taught him. Um, if if uh, Ali McBeal's watching or listening, sorry, teach your husband how to kiss because he's not maybe, doing well. Look, maybe uh, one hand you're that handsome and you know so lovable. You don't need to kiss. On the other hand, maybe he's like, I'm not going to cheat on my partners on screen by making out with people. I'm just going to like suck their face off, <laughs> and that doesn't count. Look, 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 honey. She means nothing to me. I just try to suck her face off. (laughs) Um, So that's that's Sabrina. (laughs) Sounds terrible. It's pretty bad, but it was it was nice to watch with my wife. Um, Quickly to the the kids movies, uh, Bolto and Toy Story. Um, Bolto was quite fun. I like what we watched that with the boys, and I watched the Toy Story with my boys as well. What was fun about Bolto? Actually, wasn't fun. Yeah, it was actually quite serious, but it it did not hang around. Constant roller coaster. It was a 78-minute 78, 78 movie, and I appreciate that. That's all, all kids' movies no, should be 78 minutes. That was nice. Yeah. Uh, all Toy Story should be 78 minutes. Toy Story is great, apart from the fact that I really can't get it. Like, the, the way they do the humans in this movie is just fucking painful. It's really, really gross. They're, but they're not in it enough to, I mean, aside from the kids, I guess. Yeah. Um, Like, the zoom in at the end with the house at Christmas is... A, not the best. That seems a bit rushed. The rest of the movie, the animation is incredible. Also, Woody is a dick. Like, Woody yeah. is such... Like, 
to the point that I've, and I've always thought this, to the point that I think he's a little bit too mean to be the good guy of this movie. He's kind of like the, he's kind of like the Harrison Ford and Sabrina of Toy Story. Like he's, he does a lot of stuff that's like just downright mean. And I'm like, and I, I find it like when you're doing it for a kid's movie, a kid's going to go like, oh man, I can do like almost, I can almost murder someone and I'll get away with it as long as like I say, you have a friend in me <laughs> at the end of it. Yeah. As long as I, I make up for it at some point, I can be really mean. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Worse than that is you don't win twice on a claw machine. No, you do not. No, Come on. you you don't even win once. Maybe it was like a maybe he had some credits. I don't know. Nah, that was that was bullshit. He should have just if that if that's Sid, he should have just smashed it open and taken the toy. That's what Sid would do. <laughs> he wouldn't be paying to play those games. Um, but regardless, the animation for its time, I couldn't get over how good it looked. This I know, ninety five is. I mean, it's not that long ago now. We think about it, but yeah. Man, I thought it looked good. It looked and good. I st- yeah, I still like, like yeah. the film. The, the, the film's great. I, I I personally like the second one a bit better, but like, yeah. Um, but we'll have to wait for that. Nineteen ninety. Um, just quickly back to Balto because it was a bit sad and a roller coaster. Yeah. I didn't know that Miriam Margulies was in it, and that was nice because she's funny. <sighs> yeah, she does like a little but, rough around a bit. Yeah. I yeah I didn't realize what was going on at first that like she's telling this story, but I thought, oh, this is an oldie oldie oh, time don't, story. Don't give it away. The twist. We give yeah. everything away in this film. There's no She's twist. a girl. She's a little girl. <laughs> Is it a twist? No, it's not. I look. I didn't find it that sad. I was just frustrated that Balto constantly hit roadblocks. I'm like, oh, he's free and home now. Like we're all good. And then something else would happen. I was like, oh, okay, he got through that. He's going home now. No, something else would happen. Constantly, things worked against him, but he still got through it, which I'm sure is extreme dramatization. That's fine. I found it hard to root for an animal that was so lovable yet voiced by Kevin Bacon. I'm like, no, I'm I didn't even to- notice for ten minutes it was Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I'm not supposed to like you because Kevin Bacon up to this point has only done bad guys. I I thought he was good. I didn't mind him, <laughs> but at the very end, when that little girl runs off with her husky and Miriam is stood there and she goes, I don't even know if I can say it now. She goes, she says to the statue, "Thank you, Balto. I would have been lost without you," and I went. <laughs> I wasn't that sad through the movie up until that point because you know he kept getting through. He got the I, medicine. He did fine. I like how she used the same wardrobe as the pigeon lady from uh, Homeland too. <laughs> that's, exa- that's what I thought I was watching when it started. I was like, pigeon lady. Oh, no, Are we in New she's York? Kept, she's captured another kid. <laughs> <laughs> the kid wanted to be captured. Yeah. Um, oh man, so much to get through. Um, I'll, I'll just go through. Like, uh, so I watched Nixon. Nixon goes for three and a half hours. It's by Oliver Stone. No, it's, pre- it's pretty much like uh, JFK, and I fucking loved it. I ate that. Oh. I, I watched it over three days. I basically watched an hour a day. Oh my God, it's a lot to get through. Um, Anthony Hopkins is amazing as Nixon. Um, you've got like stand-up performances. Powers Booth. You got um, uh, Joan Powers Allen. Powers Booth got- again. Oh man. Two for this month. Bumper month this month, yeah. Um, James Woods is even not too bad. In it. You got Bob Hoskins, Phil Collins. Um, you got Bob Phil Hoskins Hop- was in Balto. Yeah, no. Bumper month. Everyone's doubling up. What's going on? Um, but it's it's like seriously, like you cannot say this is a uh, fair and balanced movie about Nixon. Like it makes him look like a complete. And look, Nixon was a complete monster, but like <laughs> this did no favors for him. And like also the like the extra sting that this was made like. 
not even a year after he died. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Don't oh you? man! Yeah, but apparently, his daughters and everyone else like just disavowed the film and said like, no one should watch it. Um, but yeah, and look, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It is Oliver Stone, but. Man, I do love watching some controversial presidential movies by Oliver Stone that go over three hours. Jesus. It was, it was, it was a, it was a. Oh, like, having said that, I love Dancing with Wolves, and that was almost four. Yeah. So, um, I watched Four Rooms. I didn't like it. Um, did you watch Waiting to Exhale? I did not. I did. Okay. Uh, I found it odd that this is a Forrest Whitaker directed this film. And it was based on a book. I also did not know that. Okay. Uh, I'm glad I found out because watching it, I was like, what? What is going on? Um, Heavily sort of abridged, cut up version of the book. Well, I mean, I haven't read the book, obviously. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I think it was written by a man. Okay. Um, It is a film about as it says, for African-American women and their trials and tribulations with men, basically. Okay. It gets... It did feel a bit long. It didn't feel as long as the last film that we'll talk about. Um, but it did feel a bit long because it's mostly just people hooking up, not hooking up, trying to hook up, being sad they're single, Whitney Houston just throwing in a little bit of a song here and there. <laughs> Um, it's a good, it's, the cast is insane. The cast is so good, um, to the point where I'm like, can you afford to get all these people in this movie? Maybe Forrest Whitaker um, just had a lot of favours. He hadn't done a lot of films to this point, like, directing-wise. And he still hasn't, really. Um, if I throw out the names, you probably wouldn't know many of them. Oh, Aside Angela Bassett. Houston, Angela Bassett, um, Loretta Devine, and Leela Rashawn are, like, the four main uh, yeah, Gregory Hines, Dennis Haysbert. Snipes! Snipes is uncredited. Leon, my Turk. boy Leon from Cool Runnings. Turk, Donald Faison is in it. Um, he uses his middle name in this one. Um, Wendell Pierce, who you'll know from some, I think, is he in The Wire or something? Oh, yeah. He's been in other stuff. We've seen him recently as well. Leon um, Giancarlo Esposito. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a good little cast. Um but yeah, it's just all about these women stringing these... Well, sorry. The men are stringing these women along for about 80 minutes of the film. And then pretty much what all of them What directed Hope Floats? Yeah, isn't that weird? Whoa! Yeah. Man, whoa. 98. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the moral of the film is men are gross. <gasps> Most of them, well, at least two of them, have wives and they've got like these girlfriends on the side. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave my wife. I'm going to leave my wife for you. Like just now's not the right time. It wouldn't be fair on my daughter if I left my wife right now. Um, and eventually at the end of the movie, they're like one guy leaves his wife and comes around and she's like, no, change of mind. Go back to her. <laughs> <Eat shit." laughs> um, the other one just ditches him before he does leave his wife because he's never going to. And then he calls her mum and was like, she broke up with me. Get her back for me. The mum calls the door and is like, oh, he's really sad. He, he says he would <laughs> leave her. You should go back to him. 
What a weird movie. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but it's kind of cool because it has that empowering end of like, we don't need garbage men in our lives. We'd rather have no men than shit men. The one like... real downside is your boy Turk does say the F word mm. um, because it turns out that his dad is bisexual or mm. gay. Uh, and he says the F word and his mum says, don't say that. I don't like to use that word. Um, huh. And then he he carries on saying it anyway. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was good. I'm glad I watched it. It was okay. weird. But, you know, I, I experienced it. I watched 12 Monkeys. Me too. Um, did you like it? It's uh, there's a because this is done by Terry yes. Gilliam, and the same one that did um oh what's that movie I liked with Robin Williams, The Fisher King, Ugh. Uh, um yeah so I really like that and but in both movies there's a point around about three quarter mark where it gets a little bit too smart for itself, um it gets a bit too convoluted, and <clears throat> there's a bit um it's 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 a bit where. Bruce Willis is kind of strapped to like this, like the high, like he's he's, he's like he's being he's being um, interrogated by all the, the 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 doctors from the future and lots of stuff, and it just gets a little bit sort mm. of like. Um, but if you've never seen it, um, it is about what is it about? Um, <laughs> it's about um, a virus. That's if you've never of, seen it, skip ahead and then watch it. Yeah, it's kind it's of just good. watch it. Yeah, um, Bruce but Willis. If you basically, don't want to watch it. Bruce Willis basically time travels back, and then it's it's like it's on this this, this constant loop, and Does like he it, it's yeah. Um, there's a lot about dreams. There's a lot about uh, fate, and um, Brad Pitt is quite the standout in it. He plays this guy, the, this uh, this character, really, really well. Um, Bruce Willis is like, uh, like at this point, like he could have been just doing Striking Distance two and three, but he's like, no, I'll try a Terry Gilliam film, and like I think this is his experimental phase, and I'm, I'm, we're all the better for it. Yeah, I think I think he comes off right in this. Like, there's still those moments where. It's Bruce Willis, and it's unavoidable that he's gonna seem like Bruce Willis, even when he's drooling. I'm like, you look like John McClane, but I think I think he pulls it off. Like he does the character well. It's believable. He makes there's a right amount of confusion. I don't want to name drop another film, but having seen it once before and you know what's coming, you can sit and pick apart more of it and yeah. look for those little clues, like when. He's out in the snow and a bear appears. And then later he's in the city and he sees a bear behind him. Yeah, yeah. Like in a shop. It's like, okay, so is this is this reality? Is he having delusions? Is it's he asleep? That, yeah. If you're going to watch it, you probably should watch it like twice and like you still probably wouldn't like see all the little connections and stuff going on. The first time I watched it, I just bought in like, oh, okay, so he's time traveling. And then I, we watched, I watched it again a couple of nights ago. I'm like, hang on. Maybe he's not time traveling at all. Yeah. This is all in his head. Yeah, I mean, this is a time where, like, you know, he's just been doing, like, stuff like Husband Hawk, Death Becomes a Pop Fiction, obviously, um, Die Hard, and then after 12 Monkeys, he does stuff like The Fifth, Fifth Element, which at the time, it's, like, we haven't got there yet, but, like, it's it's not your your regular sci-fi movie. It's got a bit of, like, sort of Euro-ness to it and lots of stuff. Then you got, like, um, he gets back into the action sort of towards the 2000s, but I'm, I'm glad that he was doing, he was taking a punt. It was actually pretty good. Um um, speaking of future, <clears throat> there is a line set in this film that uh, foresees the future a little bit, and it's very, very odd. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I can't. He says to her, all I see is dead people. Ha <laughs> yes! 
Is that weird? That is weird. Yeah. Um, like, like they couldn't have meant to do that because six cent is four or five years away. Nineteen ninety nine is going to be so. When we get to nineteen ninety nine, you're just going to have to clear your calendar for that year because like there's just it's just going to be like quality, quality, quality. Let's talk about so. I mean, after all these like huge quality movies, it sounds seems weird that we're going to talk about sudden death. Um, uh, like as our sort of maiden feature sort of thing, but like, it's it's this month's money train, isn't it? It is, yeah. Like, and in in more ways than one, because like we both, I think we mentioned sudden death a few times, um, and we we're looking forward to it because like I I will go out saying Jean Claude Van Damme's now turned into my action star of the nineties. I think he's consistent. I think he's awesome he hasn't he hasn't fucked up yet in later life too he seems to be like still a decent person um having said that this movie is good but it is it is long um too long and but i think there are some kills in this movie that are just like you know killing someone in a fryer (laughs) yeah that weird Um, grinder thing that he sends the penguin through that she gets stuck on man but then someone removes her um if you don't know the movie, it's uh, so John Claude Van Damme plays a fireman who, at the start of the movie, he he doesn't get get at this little girl out in time of a house, and he he sort of gets I assume he gets fired um, for not doing that. He takes leave. I think he, yeah. was, he was trauma. He couldn't handle his job anymore. So there's a there's a the Stanley Cup Game Seven, um, and they did this because um, at the time the NHL was on strike. So. Um, they just picked two teams, so it was uh, Philadelphia and um, Pittsburgh. No, Pittsburgh uh, and no Ch- Pittsburgh Chicago and Chicago. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he plays the fire inspector at the arena, and but apparently he's got enough sway um, to get his kids in for free. Everyone knows him. He's got access everywhere to the locker room. Yeah, all the all the team knows him. It's like he would be there once a week just to make sure that everything's not going to sit on fire. Like he he's got way too much sway. And this is game like a... seven of the Stanley Cup. This is yeah. This is take take it all. This is the last chance. They ain't letting and the he's fire in the inspe- room. <laughs> the fire inspector, his two kids, in to go meet the players. <laughs> um, it is like so, but then Powers Booth comes in. He basically takes it. Like I, you, you never, I don't really get what his whole plan was. Like he basically wants a couple of countries that they've they've stopped giving financial America stopped giving financial aid to because of the vice president's at the game, and he goes into the the, the corporate box and basically um, uh, takes everyone hostage. They kill a lot of hostages in this movie. I will say, like it's pretty brutal. Um, yeah, he's quite happy to just. Straight up murder people. And Jean-Claude Van Damme's daughter in this one, like, it gets manhandled quite a lot. Like, there was one time where I think like, I thought like one of the guys was just going to punch her in the face. Um, I know I shouldn't, but I do somewhat enjoy when the bad guy just threatens to murder her <laughs> to her face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not holding back at all. Powers Booth has got no problem, no problem threatening children. No, apparently not. Um, uh, but I, uh, my, my eldest son came in as I was doing it. And it was like, it was the scene where the, um, the rooftops opening and, um, yeah. he was pretty sucked in. He was, he was like, he was like, look, I'm, I'm, uh, he's like, can I watch the rest of it? I'm like, 
I don't know enough about this movie for you to watch the rest of it, whether it's suitably suitable for you. I said maybe like in a couple of years' time we can watch them both together. We'll do a Van Damme thing. Um, um, it, is, it isn't that bad, I'll, I'll say. Like, it's not... We've got a... Uh, Raymond J. Barry is a vice president. We we, we uh, met him first, obviously, in uh, X-Files. He plays... Um, yes. Some who, sort of senator or something. Yeah, he's the one that sort of feeds... Um, yeah, uh, that's right. Mulder or all, all stuff. Um, we got the kid from uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Ah, yeah, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for another adult to tell, tell him to shut up. But... I didn't leave my seat, Dad. I didn't <laughs> leave my seat. Ah, shut up! <laughs> yeah, little daddy. Oh, um, I also need to mention, uh, before I forget, Van Damme, uh, hero of the film, obviously. Yeah. Nice guy, good dad. Dick, ex-partner. Oh, yeah. Shows up to his ex's house. Not on his allotted child day and says, I'm taking the kids to a hockey game. And the mum's like, well, no, it's his birthday. We're going out for dinner. He's like, I've got tickets to game seven. And I've just announced that in front of the child. What are you going to do? If in a movie made, in a movie made these days, he would be the bad guy. (laughs) That's That's the most disgusting thing that a father can do in a, like a separated relationship. That's horrible. And oh, the kids, he's made the, out like the nice guy. Oh, he's come to do something nice for his kid. Oh, what a dad. Oh, he left him alone in the stadium all game. <laughs> the kid he's gets him back though. Light bulbs. The kid gets him back though because like uh, he um <laughs> he goes into the locker room and then tells like one of the best players that like uh John claude Van Dam calls him like slow or something. Oh, like that. says he belongs in a rocking chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about rocking chairs. A elderly couple gets killed in this movie and it's not fun. Like, yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen. That was not necessary. <laughs> um, um, also, the mas- the lady who takes over the mascot suit, yeah. I did not remember his friend who is in the mascot. She just dies. You don't even see it. She's dead. She's dead. Um, uh, yeah. But so the lady that takes over Icy, that's the mascot apparently, she shoots a man in the head and then two seconds later, he starts to groan and get up. <laughs> you remember that bit? Is that about what it's bullets not, are you using? It's not a perfect movie. <laughs> no, it's got a lot of diehard. It's got a lot of diehard to it, like him going through and like getting all the detonators, lots of stuff, and and trying to. It's just too many. They should have done like a South Park style montage of him going and yeah, the bombs. It's, I do like. There's, there's a couple of um, couple of people who like double cross him in this movie. Like I was, I was convinced that the Secret Service agent was going to double cross him, but he does, and yeah, it's good. Um, uh, we... the, the disguise at the end. Oh, yeah. oh my God. You know what? And also the most eighties henchman in a nineties movie that I've seen for a while. Like all those guys just have not had a haircut or anything since the eighties. It was amazing. Except the computer hacker guy who got a shaved head because nerds are alternative now oh, and are. not winners in a basement. Hackers. Shaved head and glasses and a goatee. He's cool. We need to get off films because we don't have to wait way too long. But uh, that's 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 that is it. That's it. We, they went out with a bang. December's usually one or two decent ones, but like I think we're gonna start having a big month for our because this is like when they start using <laughs> Boxing Day. I just found a photo of uh, the bad guys disguised at the end of the film. Oh, nice. We will post that. <laughs> it looks like a six million dollar man. It is Powers Booth in a in the in Shouldn't the blondest in the blondest, and he, does he put he puts a mustache on too, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He looks like Tom Atkins. Yeah, um, oh, incredible. <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> will you come away with me? <laughs> Where are we going now? 
Uh, US TV box office. Town. No, US box office oh. first. Um, so Toy Story uh, just smashed it. Jumanji, Father of the Bride 2, Heat and GoldenEye was still hanging on. Oh, yeah. Remember GoldenEye? In the Australian box office, we had Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls and Babe. <laughs> um, didn't mention Dead Man Walking that also came out. Uh, yep. Sean Penn's gross. Films with rapiness are gross. Not watching it. it despite the, uh, the, the Pearl Jam connection. Yeah. Yes, which um, is also a good connection. Yeah. But sorry. Okay, going on to TV. Um, not much. Um, we in Australia we had the Ace Ventura animated series, which I assume was okay, <laughs> and I assume it was on Cheese TV as well. Um, Can't be worse than the film, can it? <laughs> I wonder if they. Yeah. What if they're like, should we put the uh, trans jokes in for the, <laughs> the animated series? <laughs> Got to get the kids while they're young, you know? Yeah. Uh, Wallace and Gromit, a close shave. I love Wallace and Gromit. Um, love that one. Such a big thing. Like, I mean, I just got so much respect for it. Just like looking, watching like the, the making of, I remember once, and it was just like, man, it's just it's just so much work um, for for like a 30-minute film. But yeah. good on it. Um, yeah. But Let's move on. Um, we've got uh, our, this is our last one for the year. We didn't guess the name. Um, we've got Ben doing all the guests that ha- that appeared on uh, Conan O'Brien. Uh, he, does this, he's, he does it to the tune of We Didn't Start the Fire by our Lord and Saviour, Mr. William Joel. How now, brown cow? <laughs> How now, brown cow? Um, and... Oh, wow, wow, wow. And I usually there's some shitty excuse of why this is going to be hard, but I'm not going to listen to it today because we haven't got. No, time. I'm I'm back with my secondary computer. I have a scroller. Uh, we're in line, and it is a very short. No, retract that sentence. You don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to count you in. Five, okay. four, three, two, one, go. Michael Moore, Carolyn Rea, Yasmin Yaz. Oh, Amy Yasbeck, Gareth Brooks, Kevin Brennan, Kemley Williams, John Cod, Van Dam, BD Wong, and Heather Nova, James L. Jones, Josie Beersett, The Amps, Bonnie Hunt, Kev McDonald, Tony Gildwin, Mary Tyler Moore, Paul Prudhomme, and Nick Backey, Tony Bennett, Rich Sambora, Greg Kinnear, Nora Dunn, Kevin Pollock, Janine Gufferolo, <laughs> Ronnie Spector, Nicholas Turo, Carol Conan, Ben Folds, Five. Finkel and Dr. Fad and Last Straight Jackets, Al Rucker, Carol Leifer, John Satino, Lisa Cordrick, Fan Vincent Government Mule. That's it. Oh, okay. 40 seconds. What I was going to say is it's a very short month. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did I did not start off strong there. Amy Yasbeck, I didn't see that one coming. It's five-ish Finkel too. He would have been talking about his uh, time in Nixon because he was one of the guys. Oh, also, the, ah. the best thing about Nixon is that he refers to himself as Nixon. It's amazing. Like nice. every every, every like impersonation that you've ever heard of Nixon is true. <laughs> it's a whole yeah, I, was, I assumed they were. Nixon doesn't like this. <laughs> um, I did not look into why, but... Conan aired on December 1st with obviously Michael Moore, Carolyn Rhea and Emmy Aspect, and then not again until December 12th. Okay. So I don't know if they were just showing the curling instead or if there was something else going on. I couldn't tell you. But yeah, there you go. We missed out on almost two weeks. Okay, so uh, SNL, we had Anthony Edwards from ER with uh, Foo Fighters. 
Um, and we had David Allen Greer and Silverchair. Um, they play Tomorrow and Pure Massacre from memory. Nice. Madeline Kahn and Bush uh, round out the year on SNL. And that that would have been Foo Fighters' debut, I guess, on SNL? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been quite cool at the time, um, but we're not acknowledging them too much now because they have uh, fallen off the wagon and didn't even acknowledge Taylor Hawkins' anniversary. Oh, really? Which is a bit low. Matt Cameron did come out finally and tell people that he is not joining the band as anyone with a brain would have expected. Except Foo Fighter fans apparently all thought that he was definitely doing it. Well. (laughs) (laughs) On to music. (laughs) Music. Um, there wasn't much music. We had uh, in oh sorry, in the aria chart was Gangsters Paradise because that's just what it is for the next forever. Uh, um, and uh, One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey was in the charts for Billboard, and there's nothing else. So it was just two a song each for each charts. Um, Enya, the Memory of Trees. I love the I love that title. Um, yeah. Pearl Jam's Merkinball, uh, Razorhead's Cut a Pillow. Uh, Matthew Goodband, Last of the Ghetto Astronauts, and that was pretty much it. Hey, there was not much. We um, did also have, uh, I think there's conflicting release dates, and now it's obviously not on Spotify, but Neil Young's Mirrorball. Yeah. Um, which kind of teamed with Merkinball, or Merkinball teamed with Mirrorball. However, you want to look at it. Yeah, so Merkinball. I'm also was, um, throwing that in because uh, I will not have an album of the month if we don't have Mirrorball. Oh. <laughs> uh, Merkinball was like two songs, um, I Got ID, or I Got Id, and um, uh, The Long Road uh, by Pearl Jam. Um, I just I remember hearing I Got Id for the first time. I actually, I actually remember where I was, because uh, my oh. sister had recently got her license, and I believe, um, probably like for any a number of times that she invited me to go and grab some Hungry Jacks, Nice. With her and her friends, and uh, we had just ordered or something like that, and we're sitting in the car and, and turned turn on Triple J, and um, they were just... It might not have been in 95, it might have been in 96, but like they said, this is the latest song from Pearl Jam, and as I got um, it, and I fell in love with it. I love this song. Um, it's I so love good. Neil Young, I believe, does a solo for it, because like, it's a very Neil Young type sort of solo. Um, and it's like one of the solo, one of the few Pearl Jam solos that I can do because it's not done by Mike McCree <laughs> or Stone Gossard. <laughs> um, and the Long Road, um, obviously, a, a, a really decent song that was um, it's a, for his one of his teachers, I believe. Um, uh-huh. uh, I believe that's what, who it's written about. Um, and but yeah, I mean, also <laughs> goes really nicely with the Dead Man Walking songs, um, Face of yep. Love, and I think there was another one. Yes. No yes, doubt there was. Correct. <laughs> um, uh, look, I, I'm going to have to say, look, I, I did listen to Eraser Heads. I think they're actually from the Philippines, um, but they got some pretty good songs. They're like sort of punk. Uh, if you get a chance, check it out. It's pretty, pretty, pretty I thought cool. that I knew them. Like maybe the name just sounded familiar. That yep. was not what I was expecting, but it was, it was really catchy. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to have to say Merkinball as my... Um, my my album because that's basically the only one that I can like, you know I could really sort of listen to. Um, I'm I'm gonna cheat and say Mirrorball because it is an album and it is excellent. I did miss also last month, um, and I know you won't care, but I really like this band. There's a Australian band called Custard. Um, 
you will know the lead singer now does the voice for um, uh, the dad in Bluey. Um, you won't know it, but oh, like yeah, people, Bluey. Yeah. People, with, people with kids will know it. Yes. Um, but they had a really good song on that album um, called Apartment. And I want to play, because like I, I believe the riff for it is just amazing. I liked Custard because they were like, they, they, whenever they saw them on TV, I never saw them live, but like when I saw footage of them live or when I saw footage of them on TV, they never took anything seriously. It was hilarious. Like they just, they just had, they were just having fun. Um, and like at a, at a time where like a lot of Australian bands were just like deadly serious about shit. And they were just fun to watch and they had a lot of good songs. But yeah, so if that's, um, that was, uh, Custard, yeah. If you get a chance, the um the album is uh, Weisenheimer, and it's it's really good. So give it a go. Weisenheimer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Merkin Ball um will be my my pick for for um and I got ID will be the um song as well. Yeah, got ID is definitely the song. Um, Mirrorball, whether or not it came out this month, you can go fuck yourself. But you know what? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh song. Um, I got ID. I'm gonna say Weisenheimer by Custard for my album. So oh. yeah. If we're, uh, if we're breaking was an album, so kind of, kind of go to anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, my movie is Heat because it's it's perfect. Um, I can't, uh, I can't uh, not get, pick that. So uh, I don't. Oh God. Um, if Heat wasn't there, Sudden Death and um, Jumanji would be battling out. I think. Um. Oh God. Uh. <laughs> All right, so my film is not Sense and Sensibility. It's not Father Bride Two. It's not Waiting to Exhale. Sorry. Uh, it's not Jumanji. Just take your time. Just take your time. It's not. Very, it's not Sudden Death. Very quickly. Um. I, I don't think it's about. It can't be Balto. I've never seen it before. So if I'd watched that as a kid, I'd maybe have more connection with it. Would have been interested. Would have creeped up. It was good. I think Twelve Monkeys or Toy Story. Um, I think I think I think it's Toy Story. Okay. By default. Well, I'm gonna take that because I need to go to bed. <laughs> Not need seven fifty-two. Uh, they put the boys to bed, but then I wouldn't be too far behind. Um, uh, so yeah, I finished off the. I, I haven't done. I've, I haven't done a complete yet. We'll do a lot of stats and and data like next week. But like for this for this season, I've watched sixty eight films. Ooh, so bad. It's a lot. Um, yeah. Join us next week. Last episode of nineteen ninety five. We're going to do our top five. So we're, I'm going to set it in stone right now. It's top five movies, it's top five albums, and then top ten songs. And they can be old songs and new songs, like some stuff that we discovered and stuff that we really liked. Okay, boss. So <laughs> hand down those tablets from the mountain. That's that's how it's gonna be gonna be. Um 
if you want to get in contact with us, livingthepastpod at gmail.com. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks if you're a new listener. Like, we really appreciate it. Um, and if you're interested in X-Files, after this season finishes, we're going to start up uh, Do You Think I'm Spooky again. Um, I will say that more than likely the next season, 1996, will probably be a May-June um, sort of situation, but we haven't worked it out yet. We're going to have a bit of a break, so... Just yeah, we need, so to, you know. need to watch something current. Ted Lasso's back. <laughs> I, just need, a, I just need, a, I just need a, 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 little, a bit of a break. <laughs> yeah, it's I been, think we all do. It's been, it's been hundred. As of next week, will be one hundred and twenty-nine episodes. So you know, it's, uh, <sighs> it's, it's there. Uh, so yeah. Um, until next week, uh, have a good, have a good one, and, and uh, yeah, watch, uh, watch Heat. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carly Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlykagenvin.design on Instagram. Or email her, carlykagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a five-star review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.